Welcome to Out of Breath, where you'll embark on a no-holds-barred journey through the gritty realities of sleep apnea and sleep dentistry. Award-winning, board-certified otolaryngologist Dr. Madhan Kandula and best-selling author Jason Tierney pull no punches as they dissect the industry's flaws and triumphs, providing you with an unvarnished look at the dynamic and ever-evolving world of better sleep. We're out of breath, back again. We did this series. How many episodes did we do last time? Six. I can never. Six plus six point five. There was the uh, T Swift one. Are you still a T Swift fan? I. Um, how do you say? It? I. am not as much as I'm not as much as I was back in the day. She, uh, Is that I think, because you don't like the Kansas City Chiefs? Uh, yeah, that's a part of it. I, she certainly a, after we taped our episode, and I think we contributed to uh, over. Um, hyping her. What do, what do you call it when somebody's like just saturated? It when we so we taped those episodes beginning of July mm-hmm. of 2023, and at that point it was sort of you know I don't know she, it, she was rolling. It was like the thing. She's Times Person of the Year. Um, she and, and rightfully so. I don't really yeah. have any. I mean, I guess I'd say I still all props, all power to what she's done. Um, you know, I, for me, it's just seeing somebody at the peak of their her their powers, her powers. So she's on the decline now as the times person uh, of the year? No, I think she's still living in the, in, in this moment in time, yeah. but 2024, uh, although she's going to keep her tour going, this is peak, you know, th- she, th- you're looking at somebody who's living in the peak moment of their life. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, but it, it, it's fleeting. I, th- I don't know why I was thinking about like Bruce Springsteen back in the mid eighties, like 84, I don't, I mean, there was that era where it was like uh, Ronald Reagan, Bruce Springsteen, the flag, um, the LA Olympics, Mary Lou Retton, you know, all of that, sure. like that, that thing. And that was sort of, and I, you know, Bruce Springsteen's still huge, but he, the, the, he's, he's never been as huge as he was in that moment in time, in my opinion. I mean, he was huge prior to that, but there was some, there was, they, they call it the zeitgeist, which is yes. like the, that, that, you know, capturing the spirit. And, um, you know, Taylor Swift has captured the spirit. I, I think what I will say is, or at least to her, is I do feel like there's almost this uh, moving beyond COVID, which I, I don't, it's a weird, there's a weird um, coming together of things in my mind, but I feel like there's sort of this sort of Taylor Swift thing, you know, definitively marks the end of that mm, kind of morose, um, really bad era in this world the, that would 2020 to taylor swift will kind of p t s um wait d no that doesn't work but anyway i feel like you've been waiting to use no that no I just, made, I just i just i literally just put those letters together but uh no it's it's almost like now we're we're you know there's i don't taylor swift can be deep at times but i feel like it's very much a to me, it's it's like the the joy, uh, the thing that was sort of I was kind of um, coming off of the clouds from was the the joy of the experience of the crowd. People, how I related to COVID is is you know I saw her in well I saw well, I saw her in Cincinnati is what I was talking about last time I saw her again um, in Seattle and when I saw her in Seattle you know they it it you know sort of created that earthquake quake sure. phenomenon that. Uh, uh, what's his name? The running back from the Seahawks did back in the day. Um, but anyway, reg- reg- about, yeah. regardless, yeah. Yeah. I'd say that there was um, the the coming together of seventy thousand people for no other purpose um, than to come together. Yes, 
that's a beautiful thing. Sure, sure. And, and to me, it's like the opposite of, of COVID. The COVID was the separation of billions of people um, in a com completely, at the end of the day, uh, and there's actually been much that's been written and more will be written, in a completely meaningless, pointless, completely spiteful, uh, anti-human way, that's what COVID was. And, you know, it's sort of back to kind of... Um, I just, I felt that in the moment when that was going on, like, mm -hmm. this is not good. This isn't accomplishing anything, um, that sort of thing. And I'd say, you know, it's, this is a weird juxtaposition, but this Taylor Swift moment in time is a, we're moving past sure, it. Sure, sure. So my wife, last time we talked, mm -hmm. my wife was getting ready to go to a show or had just gone, I don't remember which one it was, a, okay. to a Taylor Swift show. Yeah. And whether it was before or after, her experience mirrored yours. It was I mean, she became, she became at that moment, she was a Swifty. Sure. And for months thereafter, she scoured the internet trying to find tickets anywhere in the world. Really? Yeah. Okay. I mean, she was, she was going to go to Ireland. She was going to, I mean, all over the place to go to, to Taylor Swift. Yep. I haven't heard about it in two months. It's kind of died off. Yep. It's, um, so it mirrors your own. It, yeah, although I know people who are... You actually, were very effusive, though, about your, uh, it your was, swiftiness. I, I, I really do. I, and I, I, I'm not at all... I mean, I mean, you know, luckily we did not put that on tape and it's not out in the world, so nobody ever gives me shit about it. Yeah. Um, luckily, no. <laughs> I, I have no regrets of that um, moment in time. I'm still... I, I It's still a, a powerful... Um, I don't know what experience I'll call it, but sure. I've I've sort of settled in, uh, come off those clouds. But uh, I, my wife's going to see her in uh, London in like August of twenty four or something. Yeah. So she's still rolling. Yeah, and, and more power to her. Like let me let me just you know I nothing I, I again oversaturation is a natural occurrence when somebody's just you know has captured the zeitgeist or sure. whatever you want to call it. But um, you know yeah I've kind of moved on. Well, let's continue with that and move on past this. Yes. So we did this series back in April, no, in July, I'm July. sorry. And we put it out there for the world. Mm -hmm. And I got a, quite a bit of feedback about it Yep. Uh, from some of my colleagues in, in the dental space and in, in, in the medical field as well. Um, and then I've got some of my own feedback or my, my own views on it, I should say as well. Okay. What about yourself? What did, what did the world, what was the zeitgeist <laughs> in your world regarding that series? I don't, I don't know that we captured the zeitgeist in this, no? in this quite the same way, but no, but I, I do feel I, um, I got a little bit of feedback, you know, I, I got, I got a little bit of feedback from, you know, sort of, we'll call it my side of the fence. I feel like there's your side of the fence when we went, you know, as we came together last time, there was sort of you, you know, coming forward from kind of the dental sleep community and me coming forward from wherever I'm coming forward from. And, uh, on, on, and, and a lot of the hullabaloo was all the hullabaloo was on your side of the fence. So I feel like the feedback that you got would be much more plentiful than, than mine. I, I will say there were a couple people who on who who knew me friends of mine colleagues acquaintances of, of mine who and when i saw them they're like this is a couple couple folks were like what's up with that jason guy <laughs> that didn't happen <laughs> i swear to god i swear what they were saying was like i don't because they, they i think they were watching the the, the snips mm -hmm. and they couldn't figure out um 
they couldn't figure out if we liked each other or didn't like each other. Were you I'm still trying me? to figure that out myself. I, 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 <laughs> I, 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 I sort of say, I don't know either. But it's I, I do think it was a bit, un, and I think that's why we're back together. Part of the reason we're mm -hmm. back together is I think there's a, uh, I'm not here to pat you on the back and you're not here to pat me on the back. Sure. And, and there's a common ground of, um, you know, kind of the fields that we're in. But I think there's also a, a bit of a common mindset about where we're coming from. But there's also these sort of preconceived notions about who you are and who I am. And I, I let me go there. I, and I, again, I, I, the first time we met was last time. This is the second time we've met in person. So, you know, I, I, I think I have a peripheral understanding of you, but I certainly don't know you very well. But I, I would say, was anybody who gave you feedback surprised with, I don't, we'll call it your performance or the fact that you did this, or was that like, it was, it was sort of, no, I'm not surprised. Jason, that's kind of something Jason would, would do. Yeah. Like most things today, it, it there, there was sort of these binaries, you know, there was black and there was white. So there was, there was, why would you even talk to that guy? Yeah. And there was, you know, great that that's fantastic. You had an opportunity to have a dialogue. Yeah. Um, and what was surprising to me was, what was unsurprising to me was how resistant to change and new ideas many people were. Mm -hmm. But it was equally surprising to me how many people that were vehemently opposed to a lot of what you're doing or what they think you're doing. Sure. How open they became to some of those concepts. Okay. And <laughs> that was that was really encouraging. Um, not just as it relates to sleep medicine or oral appliance therapy, but just to see humans mm -hmm. be open to changing their mind once they got more information was encouraging. That's great. Yeah. <clears throat> then I would say to me, you know, from those, that feedback, but honestly, both ways, <clears throat> mission accomplished, meaning that I think, you know, part of all that I was wanting to do that last go around was just to, to say my piece to, to be able to speak clearly. I, I, I mean, I guess I'd say the other reality coming back again is, you know, we, we watched, I mean, I've watched those episodes. I've sort of seen how they've been received. We'll kind of get more into that in a moment. Yeah. But yeah, I was, I, um, <laughs> sounds weird. I was proud of the work that we did. I mm. thought that was really good work. Yeah. Uh, I thought, um, we came at it, um, in a very professional manner, yet a, an engaging manner. Mm. And you don't get to see that, um, in this day and age on, mm. at least in, in the area that we live in. And, and I think just life in general, it's very unusual to be able to see, um, you know, that honest, engaging dialogue and, uh, and, and, and I, and the feedback I've gotten, and I got it from a lot of, how do you say it? I, nobody, the people who were giving me feedback, um, they were generally people, acquaintances, people who kind of knew me, they know me, but they don't know like my business sure. and they don't, they don't really, they had no idea what oral appliance therapy was. Mm -hmm. But some of those same people were, were really, um, intrigued. Like this was like, it was like, it was something that was, that grabbed their attention. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, that's pretty cool. I mean, mm -hmm. because when you really think about it, I mean, oral appliance therapy is cool as you think is, and I think is, and the community thinks is, um, it's not that cool. No, right. It's in the grand scheme of things. It's not I'm, the sexiest. I'm, I'm, I mean, really, we're, 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 yeah. we're kind of sort of talking about glorified retainers, kind of, mm -hmm. sort of, I mean, let me just, when you, for, from, from a layman's I disagree, standpoint, but yeah, sure. From a layman's, from a layman's standpoint, a layman's okay. standpoint sure. I mean, for, for the, you know, 7.9 billion people in the world, when you show them an oral appliance, mm -hmm. they'd be like, oh, 
yeah, I wear one of those. Sure. I had braces. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not, Fair. I don't mean to denigrate I it. I concede I'm just, that. I'm just, I mean, I, I would say the same thing for all of, all of my passion around the nose and, you know, normal people are yeah. like, that's where boogers come from. And why is that dude so, sure. you know, enthralled? Sure, with sure. So, but anyway, I guess my, my point being is that people who had no idea about oral appliance therapy, um, related to me the fact that, that wow, they, they were waiting for the next episode because they're like, oh, you know, what this letter, what's going to be with this letter? Or, yeah. You know, what was that? And um, I think some of the other feedback I got was that last episode in particular. And I, I felt this way. There, there were that last episode and that kind of build, you know, there, there was sort of the, it, to me, the, the first story arc there was a bit of a Debbie Downer. It's like, this thing happened and we're going to talk about this thing and like, you know, and we should, I mean, I don't think it's, I don't think it was unnecessary, but I think the last episode, um, hit the vein that is true, which is basically there is, has been good progress. There, there's this, this sort of, uh, movement in the right direction. And, um, I don't know. I felt like, I felt like we ended on a high note, honestly. And, 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 and people, several people, um, uh, you know, sort of noted that when in their, yeah, in their feedback. There, to me. there is, it is moving in the right direction, albeit slowly, but sure. there is hope yeah. there is light. And, and that's, that's a positive. Um, what, what, another piece of feedback I got about you, you said that some people asked, who is this guy? <laughs> yeah. Uh, another recurring piece was of, of, uh, information I got was that I just was too nice to you. I, 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 yeah. I wasn't antagonistic or adversarial enough. Yeah, well, bring it. Don't, yeah. why, are you, why are you so soft? <laughs> Jason, And come we're on. off. Come on. No, yeah. no. I, I, I mean, um, you, you know, know I, 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 th I think there, you know, while we don't agree on everything and mm -hmm. we, you know, vehemently disagree on some things, I respect you. And I appreciate where you're coming from and I'm open and not to hold myself up as this bastion for the world, but I do think more people should adopt that, that sort of mode of thinking and being. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I that's what I, th I think the same way. I mean, I, 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 there's a few ways I describe myself, but strong beliefs loosely held. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's me. Yeah. You know, meaning I, I have very strong beliefs but I hold them loosely yes. and um, willing to engage in, in a dialogue. And I mean, basically, uh, as of today, there's certain things I strongly believe in that I am that will add that are absolutely false, uh, wrong. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to the day when I have uh, when I have the um, when I receive the information and receive the understanding to say, oh, OK, well, that thing I thought I was wrong. So how do you maintain that openness, though? Uh, you, how, how do you not hold on to your beliefs with such tenacity that you'll never let go, even in the face, you know, how do you, how do you discern from new information mm -hmm. that warrants changing your mind and just not holding the, 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 the belief strong enough, you know, giving up, giving in. Yeah, I, th I, I think, and I actually haven't gone through this exercise, but I think it probably comes back down to sort of my uh, personal why reason for being, you know, my, you know, who am I and why do I, why, why do I, or how do I show up in the world? And I, mm -hmm. I think a belief, when I really think about it, a belief that's, that's, that's core and maybe the core is I, I believe in the power of the individual, mm -hmm. uh, uh, with all of my heart and I despise, um, the mm, prison 
of groupthink, of uh, flocks of sheep, of I despise it with all of my heart. So to me, I mean, when you think about that, and I, I, again, I really have not thought about that and, and put it down, but I think, yeah, so then everything I'm doing, um, that's kind of my moral compass or my how I, how I view the world. That's how I've built my practice. That's how I build my life. That's how I um, talk to my children. That's how I think about, you know, those sorts of things. And so that I'm not, I guess to me, that's a, that's a strong belief, strongly held. Um, and there are probably maybe are one or two other things like that. And everything else is sort of, um, you know, uh, free to change. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, it, but something that comes after that, that thing, uh, I'm not going to... Um, I'm not, that's, I'm holding that, I'm gripping tight so, the reins so on that. So with that belief in the, in individualism, mm-hmm. I mean, that sort of runs contrary to the zeitgeist mm-hmm. today. Yeah, that's true. So how do you, how do you navigate the world, especially being a business owner? Sure. How, how do you navigate the world with, with, uh, with that, that conflict of ideas? You just basically, I've, I've sort of guarded myself or girded myself to just, uh, I am, uh, this guy again. It's it mm. just, I mean, again, that, that the back to this guy, I'd say, no, I'm, I'm well, explain uh, what you mean by that. Uh, the black sheep, the, the, the one that isn't in, in that herd. Mm. Um, the, you know, I guess sort of kind of, and you really, when you think about the black sheep as a concept, I'd say, well, that's exactly what I just said. It's the power of that, that, that black sheep. Uh, is displaying the power of the individual and the, and the herd is displaying the whatever, the pathetic nature of, of groupthink. And, um, you know, it, it is basically, yeah, I, I embraced it. I've come to embrace it, but it, it is, it's basically lonely, isolating, uh, dangerous uh, to leave the herd. You know, and I think the, the I, again, and I'm not, I don't want to speak for you, but I would say I, there, there, we talked about it last time. There is a commonality there, um, and I think that's where uh, I, and I, I've talked about it a different way, but I have all respect for those individuals who are willing to leave the herd, and even if they're coming after me, like you know, and I said this last time, even if you're coming after me, I respect you in a way that uh, um, is honest and true, mm-hmm. and uh, and and so much so that I, in in many ways, I hope that you destroy me, mm-hmm. um, because I, I think that that's that's to me the the pro- true proof of the power of the individual is not that we need to go, we don't have to fight each other, but I'm just saying what what when I'm saying I hope that you destroy me, I, I'm hoping I hope that. Um, I, I enjoy, you know, sort of uh, ramming horns with individuals who are uh, proud individuals, hold their beliefs strongly, and uh, I don't find that threatening. And, fi- and in fact, I find it um, engaging. Sure. And unfortunately, as you said, in this day and age, you can't do that. Like it basically, in polite company, in this day and age. Mm-hmm. The, the, nothing, everything's off ground. You can't talk about anything. You can never say how you, what you actually think. And what that is, is, is simply poison. Um, it's what's poisonous to the individual is our individuals who are incapable, um, of being able to, to think freely and speak freely. Uh, and, um, you can't speak freely. I mean, I think you're, can I, you, as long as you're espousing whatever the group oh, think is exactly, yeah. which is not speaking freely. So if you're, if you're towing the party line, yeah. 
you could speak freely. And, and in fact, uh, if, any, if, if somebody comes after you, the group is going to support you. You say something counter to um, the you know, common narrative sure, sure. and uh, you know, you'll be destroyed. And I'd say, oh, well, destroy me then. That's fine. So anyway, but I, I think there's a back to, you know, I, I, we're not going to do AstroTurf here. So I, I mean, this is, and we, we've talked about this. I, I, I agree. I think there, if there are things that we genuinely disagree with, I think those are the things to really, you know, kind of get into. Um, you know, Kumbaya is not good. Um, it's, it's not particularly engaging. And, and it's, it's, it's not real. It, it's not. Well, it could be real, but it's, it's sort of. Um, I, I, I'm, it's, it's basically let's find how I generally tend to go through my life in my, in the, in the current role that I'm in is, is I try to find the thing, the, the thing that what's the thing basically in this situation, what's the thing that Jason doesn't want to talk about? And I'm going to try to figure out a way to, to talk about that. Or what is, what's the thing that Jason doesn't think I want to talk about? And I'm going to beat him to the punch. I'm going to, I'm going to, let's go there right now. Sure. And so that to me is a healthy way um, to go through life. And it's a very, it's very unnerving though, for people who Were are you in debate to, club in school. Nope. No. I was not. I was, I was a very, uh, no, that's, that's debate, uh, debate club one one. one. I, I would yeah. assume so. No, I never was. I was, I never did debate. Um, I was a very, you know, I was a good sheep when I was a sheep. Mm. a white sheep well fortunately you didn't get slaughtered <laughs> i didn't i don't think so so yeah what about uh you you said you went back and you watched the previous series mm -hmm. what what didn't we talk about that you really wish we would have addressed in that series i, I really i thought we hit it well for the the topics at hand yeah. in that moment of time i'm still you know i guess it, it's interesting there are things, I feel like we covered a lot of ground and I think there's a lot of things I said and it was interesting that I've seen some of the things, I don't know how you say it, there's, there's a, a couple of individuals in particular who've parroted back the things that I've said as a reason that I can't say future things, if that makes, a sen makes sense. No. So if I, if I say, I don't want to use this, I mean, basically if I say, um, how do you, I'm, I have the freedom to change my opinion, opinions and beliefs. And sure. so, and, and if somebody mishears how I said something, uh, let me, I, I think some, uh, just to give a specific example, I think it was a, on the specific example of, uh, me, people said, I said that, uh, I am, um, as qualified, more qualified than anybody in the dental sleep community to, uh, in regards to, uh, to oral appliance therapy. I know the teeth better than, you know, uh, any dentist around or some version of that. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I never said that. Um, do you I, believe that? No, I don't believe that at all. I, and from a, from a pure dentition standpoint, uh, Dentists are the ones who who know that better than I do. I, what I did say is that oral appliance therapy is a medical treatment that happens to sit on the teeth, and there's an interface there. But I think the more important aspect of that interface is the throat aspect of that interface, and not the teeth aspect of that interface. Uh, and I don't think anybody who who's serious in the dental sleep community will will say the same thing. Yeah. Last time you you I had a pair of glasses, and you said. You know, an optician manages, mm. an optometrist manages that, not, you know, not an ear, nose, and throat, right? Correct. So that, that just, that doesn't sit well still. I, I understand. Well, um, I understood. I, I, I guess, um, why doesn't it sit well? Let me just go there. 
it, it's it it's an apples to anvils comparison. How? What side effects have glasses ever caused to someone's nose? Uh, they've versus they, an or I mean an oral appliance to the to the dentition to the supporting structures. Uh, they cause damage I mean, to the nose and the ears. I mean, you can get, uh, you can get creases and I mean, it's, oh, it's, come on, it, man. They, they, how, how do, how does a crease that, 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 that compare to, I'm not, a, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm not calling it the same thing, but I'm just saying that bite change that, that an irreversible bite change. I mean, there's no comparison there. Well, I guess I'd say, but there is a comparison. Well, there is an apple and an anvil. They both nah, start. I, I, I disagree. I'd say, you know, what are those glasses doing for somebody? ideally helping them see, giving them better vision. And if, and if they, uh, caused a callus on your nose, um, and that was the only treatment option is, is, is the glasses is, or is the callus on the nose worth, um, is your ability to see worth the callus on your nose? Yes or no? I'm not wearing glasses. But I guess I'm saying, if you I were mean, wearing I, glasses, I, I, it, so if, if somebody's walking, so, so the only way that, say somebody's eyesight is so bad that they literally can't see, and the only way for them to see is to put eyeglasses on. When they put those eyeglasses on, um, they're messed up or whatever you want to call it, but that causes that person to have a callus. So when, so, so when the person takes their glasses off, everybody sees this huge callus on their nose. Um, is the person better off still for having worn those glasses or not? Let, let's step away from the analogy and just go directly to what we're talking about. What we're talking about is oral appliance therapy, right? Yeah, and right. and a dentist, as you conceded a moment ago, the dentist is the, the, the expert in the dentition. Yes. Yes. So if and or when a side effect occurs because of oral, due to oral appliance therapy, isn't a dentist best position to manage that those side effects and because they're best position to manage the side effects best position to manage treatment uh it's a couple different uh, questions in but i'd say um back to you didn't answer my question before no. i'd say but the, but but let let just new question uh, is is the airway more important than the dentition that's all i was getting at with my right. callus on the nose so, right. so uh, is your eyesight more important than your cosmetics yes or no let's stick with the oral plan i'm gonna, I'll, I'm gonna, i'll get there if you help me out here yeah i mean it, i don't think is seeing well, I, is I, seeing more important I, than than well, i don't um, know if i'm a male model again uh, you know, probably seeing is less important than the calluses. Okay. But, uh, well, so each, every individual needs a, uh, an individualized, uh, recommendation, but generally speaking, I would say most people would view their, their ability to see is more important than, um, a callus on the nose. Back to your question, I'd say, um, your ability to breathe is absolutely more important than, than your teeth your dentition, 100%, no question. I'd say if anybody uh, has an issue with that, um, then they're not in the de dental sleep um, medicine community. You can't, it, it, basically the uh, likelihood for an oral appliance to create some degree of dental issues certainly there. It just depends on, um, you know, the individual that you're treating. And uh, if those issues, kind of like to your model uh, example, I'd say, yeah. And if somebody's, if somebody's a model and uh, can't deal with um, any uh, sort of dental ramifications uh, or complications from an oral appliance, 
let's not use that oral appliance. There's no reason that you have to use an oral appliance. And so I'd say, but generally speaking, I'd say the complicate the complications from an oral appliance are are you know, come with the territory, just like the complications from any medical treatment. And it's just a matter of, is this treatment appropriate for that individual? Yes or no. And if so, let's make sure they're aware of those possible complications. And if so, let's, let's do it. And if a complication occurs, let's deal with it. And if that complication is a problematic thing that says, this is probably not a good treatment option for you, let's not use it. Um, so in that instance, I would say, yeah, absolutely. And if somebody's having a complication, um, that requires uh, dental intervention, let's get that person plugged in with somebody who's, who's best equipped to deal with that. Um, but I'm, I'm here as the basically the guardian and protector of the airway. And uh, I, I believe oral appliance therapy is a very, very important uh, treatment option. And I am all about making sure that the, as many patients as are out there can have access to the treatments that exist. So I am a big tent. Um, let us, let's try to get this thing out sure. there to as many people. Yeah. And, 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 and there are people who are small tent people. And the small tent people... Just stay in your small tent. I guess that's fine. Yeah. So, so again, if you, the, some of the, some of the responses I got about the previous series, I was shocked by how how many people moved from the small tent to the larger tent. Yeah. Uh, that that was really encouraging. So it was cool to see that some of what we did, some of those conversations, actually had real world impact. Yeah, I agree. And I guess again, I don't not to focus on the negative, but I, I'd say I, I don't want to focus on the negative. I'm here to be an advocate sure. for the airway. I'm here to be an advocate for oral appliance therapy. Right. I think dentists are the best equipped to deliver oral appliance therapy. I think uh, I, I, I've decided that I'm not going to wait around for the dental sleep community to join me in this right. march forward. That, that's sort of where my head's at. So, so a common, a common. Um, some, some, some ongoing commentary I received was about you okay. and about what you're doing, okay. trying to increase the market, okay. is that the truth is you realized that Advent was treating a lot of patients and in, with oral appliance therapy. And in doing that, you were paying dentists a lot of money that instead you could keep inside of your organization rather than paying dentists. So all of these other things are just justifications for your avarice. Respond, Mother <laughs> Kendula. No, I mean, it's certainly on the last part. Oral appliance therapy is a bigger pain in my ass um, than it is worth anything to me, honestly. You know, meaning uh, Advent delivering oral, oral appliance therapy in-house is something that I, I, to this day, do not want to do, but it is the only way for us to be able to offer the service to our patients. So from a pure monetary standpoint, it's either net neutral or negative for us. So the counter to that would be, look outside your doors. There's dentists clamoring to treat these patients. But again, your greed... Uh, <laughs> precludes them from doing I, I, so. I'd say clamor away, but in, unless you're able, I guess at the end of the day, clamor away, happy to clamor, um, and unless you're willing to- Happy clamor? I said happy to clamor, but I don't even know what that means because it's saying I'm I'm the clamorer, but I'm not. But regardless, I'd say you can you raise your arms up and clamor away, but uh, and, and unless 
you are able to work with us and and uh, provide a, a, a provide an effective solution to the problem that exists. And the problem isn't necessarily, it, it, the problem that I'm trying to solve is not at the individual patient level. The problem that I'm trying to, trying to solve is at the global popula population level. And there isn't any dentist that has come forward. Nobody has uh, come forward to provide me with a viable solution, um, whether it's in-house or outside of house at Advent. And um, so until that happens, I'm going to continue to figure it out. Are you open to those conversations? hundred percent. I've always been open to those conversations. And I, I mean, I've spent probably uh, seven years trying to get the dental sleep community to come forward and work with me. Mm -hmm. And the dental sleep community has not been able to do that. They have not figured it out. And in fact, you know, they, they sort of have taken the, the opposite approach, which is in my opinion, telling, um, when, you know, the, the, the try, there's all this chatter about, how few patients are in oral appliance therapy and isn't that a shame and so forth and so on. And when somebody and some organization comes forward and says, yeah, that's a shame. Let's do something about it. Let's come after those folks who really can benefit. Uh, it's, it's, you know, sort of, um, whatever tears and like, Oh, you know, gnashing of teeth. And it's like, come on, Seriously, but yeah, 100%. Like, I guess to state it back to you, I absolutely uh, would welcome uh, a uh, anybody coming from the dental sleep, sleep community um, who's willing to work with us. Now, what that doesn't mean, just with clarity, we currently have 20 offices. Congratulations. Thank you. But what is not helpful is in a, an office for somebody to come forward and say, hey, I'm here in the dental sleep community and I want to help you in this office. That's actually useless to me unless you can help me figure out a way to deliver that throughout our clinic locations. Um, and in fact, let me just go this way. We didn't cover this, this topic, but um, the, the patients that we're treating, the patients that we're putting into oral appliance therapy at Advent are patients that aren't going through the normal system. So these aren't people that are going to see um, primary care docs, not going to see dentists right now. They're not getting reached at all. Mm -hmm. um, Advent, uh, we, 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 um, you know, make our living off of word of mouth. We get people coming through our doors. We treat them, um, to the best of our ability. We deliver results so that they go out and tell other people to come in. Additionally, we market. And so we try to get the message out. We ed educate the world about the airway. We call it the breathing triangle that these issues exist. There's things that you could do about it. So you come in our doors, that marketing effort is not, it, it you know, how do you, this isn't monopoly money that we're playing with. So we, I, um, I consider myself part of our marketing team. I work my ass off um, and um, sort of um, whatever, deploy the appropriate resources to get those patients coming through our door. Yeah. So to me, it is, it is not just, it is petty and annoying for somebody to say that you have a right to that patient that's come, that's we've gotten come through our door. And you, you, there, there's sort of no um, recognition of the work that's gone in to getting that patient to even step forward to, to treatment. Um, so what, what I'm hearing is you spend an exorbitant amount of money Effort and marketing, effort and money, resource Absolutely. allocation, hundred percent to, to to create awareness to drive these patients into the practice, and the idea that you would then just refer them out to Joe Smith DDS is not cost effective. It's not so much not cost effective. It 
it, the analogy I always use, and I think I used it last time, is it's basically we've done all the hard work. We get there, we basically get somebody in almost against their will because we provide them a pathway that's like, oh, that's different. Maybe they can help me. We um, engender trust in a patient. If they need their nose working, which most of our patients do, we get them their nose working. So we're marching, you know, we're taking the ball on our 10 yard line, march down the playing field. We're on the one yard line. Now the last, you know, sort of finishing touch is we need to make sure their throat is open when they're sleeping at night. So now I've got to hand the ball off to a dental sleep colleague. And um, how do you say that? Get in the end zone every time. You know, maybe we could um, sort of figure out a way to to you know, kind of work together. Uh, fumble the ball, um, not happening. And yeah, and then it's sort of a, I don't know how you describe that. It's insulting to me. To think that, it, to me, um, there's a lot of things that I love in the world and, and a lot of things I don't like. And the thing I have no patience for is entitlement. So I am entitled to nothing, um, nothing at all, other than in this country, life, liberty, and the pursuit, pursuit of happiness. Uh, in uh, most other countries, you're, you're entitled to nothing. And so, okay, I, you know, those, those inalienable rights I've got. Otherwise, I, am I entitled to you as a patient? No, I am not. Uh, I've got to go out and figure out a way. If I, in, in providing care, I've got to figure out a way to get you to come in and, and then I'm going to treat you properly. So for somebody to have an entitlement or entitled attitude, um, which let me just be very clear is a lot of the, the loudest voices, um, that are sort of in the chorus of, uh, critics are those individuals who have a massive, uh, level of entitlement that they are entitled to this. And I'd say, no, I'm not entitled to anything and you're not entitled to anything. And when somebody comes forward to me and tries to engage me with a, a mindset, a mindset of entitlement, um, we're not going to play well together. I never thought this would happen, but I think you're out of breath. I might be. Let's, let's, uh, Take a Take breather. A I'll see you again next time. Sounds good. Next week on Out of Breath. What about some of the like the governing bodies that the organizational structures do? Will any of those have any sort of meaningful impact? The ASMs, the ADSMs of the world. No. <laughs>